brilliant light pierced the darkness on that first Christmas night. It wasn't the immense star so bright that intrigued experts of the night sky to follow it. It wasn't even the multitude of angelic messengers with a light so intense, so radiant, it frightened brave shepherds to fall to their knees. No, this light was far greater, more powerful than every star and every sun. This light was a baby, a tiny newborn wrapped in cloth lying in a manger where animals feed. A baby named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Because Jesus was a gift for each one of us, and he arrived with a purpose, to shine light into all dark places. You see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. A light that shows us there is no place you can go that can escape God's love. No dark corner where his love cannot find you. A light that has the power to cut through any darkness, to calm the most anxious thoughts, and to fill every heart with unspeakable joy. There is a light that shines brightly in the darkness, and his name is Jesus, Light of the World. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, guys. I'm so glad that you are here today. I am ready to just sit in the Lord's presence today and just worship him. So I hope that you guys are there, too. It seems like everybody's kind of like, blah today the rain outside is always makes for gloomy i think usually when it rains people are like i just want to stay home and cuddle in a blanket <laughs> but instead we're gonna sit in church and cuddle in jesus <laughs> did you like that i made that up on the fly <laughs> all right you guys let's stand up and let's worship together <laughs>
forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Sing if you believe. We were the beggars, now we're That was so awesome. We need that.
the same God who's never late. He's working all things out. Come on. Working all things Declare it today. out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy. surrender. Will you guys lift your hands up and surrender to the Lord? Lord God, we just surrender to you today. Whatever our circumstances are, God, whatever our challenges are, whatever we're feeling, whatever heartbreak we have, God, we just surrender to you. Lord, our desire today is to be able to hear from you, to be able to experience you, God, to guide us, to re- 
direct us, Lord. And with our hands held high, God, we surrender to you. And whatever your plan is for each one of us today, for this service today, God, because we want today to be whatever you have. Because, Lord, we are here with whatever we have. God, would you just move? Would you just remind us who you've called us to be? Would you just remind us who you are? Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Thank you, God, for the stirring that's happening right now. Thank you for the weights that are being lifted off of shoulders in this room. Because, Lord, when we make you our first priority, nothing else matters. Lord God, we just thank you. And we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. We are the waiting ones. Longing for the day to come when we are no longer waiting on the one who can save us from ourselves. Waiting with bated breath for hope to reach out its hand from heaven and heal our helpless hearts. Waiting for a light to spark, a light to dawn, a light to diffuse the dark we've drawn like curtains over our souls, waiting for the promise to unfold like a map leading us to the treasure of treasures so we can behold and believe, waiting for peace to supersede our anxieties and flow like a river through a dry and weary land where there is no water, waiting for the Father to see fit to find us in our pit, pining in our sin, the spiritual slum we lived in. But when the fullness of time had come, he sent forth his only Son, incarnate one, the manifestation of God in the flesh, the epitome of a promise kept. He left heaven's majesty so we no longer have to be waiting. The birth of a baby king come to redeem the world he created god born in a borrowed stable the light of man in a makeshift cradle this is not a fable the one whom we have waited for is here peer into the manger and behold him who welcomes the stranger and breaks the chains of every captive our maker our savior our master is here, casting our fear into the ocean of his love. Emmanuel, God with us, go shout it on the mountain, cause our waiting is done. Good morning again online. Uh, we've had some technical challenges already for you guys. Number one, uh, we didn't have a video for you. Number two, I was deaf, uh, or it looked like I was mute or something like that. 
All right. Um, so a uh, couple things before we kind of dive in. Um, number one, if you're trying to follow along, you're trying to get our notes from this, uh, scan this QR code, the notes. We stopped doing paper notes because uh, uh, we, uh, one, it was just costing us toner and paper, and uh, we were blowing through trees, and it's just easier to have you get them from there. So if you'll download our notes from on, uh, or you can get the notes on our app. Uh, there's also a link if you want that. Just want to be able to go to a page. You can find that if you're looking online. Um, so that's number one. Number two, we've been talking people to Christmas, just inviting people to church. It's really one of these opportunities where people, you know, no matter what walk of life they are, that this is an opportunity to invite them to church. Now, if they go to church, they go to another church, and they're being fed at that church, let them go to that church, right? We don't, we're not trying to get church hoppers. And every church has its issues. And so when they complain about their church issues, just go, hey, mine has issues too. It's not perfect. Okay? Uh, super simple, right? Uh, let's just love on people and let's just try and reach those that are far from God. Uh, we are in this series called This Is the Season. And I wanted to do this that we hold on to as this season comes around. One of the things that we have kind of going on, and number one is, uh, we talked about holding on to things. A lot of times in Christmas time, we buy a whole bunch of stuff, and this is the first week that I free. We, we just buy stuff. We're like, this is going to make my kids happy, and things aren't going to make your kids happy. I just want you to know that. Things, they may make it happy for a moment, right? But it's not going to make them happy long term. They're, they're, oh, yeah, here, you know, I got a brand new whatever it is, but it's not going to make them. So if you want to catch up on that, go back to week one. Last week... Uh, we talked about Jesus being the reason for season, and so uh, Phil uh, came in and he preached about that. And uh, today, uh, because some of you are going to have some family around this uh, this upcoming season, right? Some of you, and not all of us have the family that we thought, that, or the, the, the family that you see on Leave it to Beaver. You know, not all of us have those, you know, some of us have the McAllister family. Anybody ever seen Home Alone? If you see them home alone, the McAllister family, there's a couple of them that are really good. And then there's some terrible mean ones, right? You know, and so what ends up happening is, is that we have to get better at letting go of bitterness. Because we have some bitterness that are towards people that, you know, it's, it's our bitterness. We're holding on to it. It lives within us, not anybody else. And so what I want you to remember is this world is not your home, right? The world that you're in right now is not your home. There's, and we have to get better at letting go of the distractions and everything else. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about letting go of control. So let's just dive right in in Scripture, right? Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. Here's what it says. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. All right. So I want to stop there for a second. Because if you get to this point, it says make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Just stop there. And if you've got your Bible out, highlight that. Because that is what that key component is. How much effort are we making to live in peace with everyone? Like, like, because we have some people that we live in peace with. And then we have other people that peace, that you have to use that statement, peace be with you, because I don't have it for you. You know, we just don't have it. We don't have, you know. And then the next line says, and to be holy. Right? It, let's live in peace with everyone and be holy what does that word holiness mean we've talked about this especially a lot over this last year we've talked a lot about what holiness means and holiness means to be set apart not to be perfect 
You're not going to be perfect. But you need to be set apart from everything else that is out there. Your life should not look like everybody else's life. You, you know, you used to hear this all the time. If all of your friends are jumping off a bridge, would you jump off too? And would you go, yeah, it seems safe then if they're all jumping off. But the problem is that it's not safe. It's not. And what sort of life are we supposed to be living in? Are we living in the life of going, I'm going to jump off the bridge, I'm going to do this? Or is our life going to be set apart? Is our life set apart to where it looks different than everybody else's? And it says, and in verse 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows, grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. Wow. Think about this. That one bitter root can start to make it to where you have bitter roots to, towards other people. It starts, to de, it starts to defile you. It, starts to, it just starts to take root within you and starts to go from person to person, and it, it just expands it. And it becomes one of these things that it, it's, you, it goes from one person to all of a sudden several people. You ever notice that it, 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 there's two lines here. One, a smile is contagious, right? Anybody ever heard that? Somebody smiles at you. It's really hard to frown back at them. So a smile is contagious. Do you know the other thing that is contagious for within you? That if you're angry at one person, right, if you're angry at somebody, like let's just say, for instance, that I get angry with my wife, right? I get angry with my wife. I start the morning off. I just get angry with her. Whatever the cause is, whatever the situation is, I get angry with her. And I walk out of the house in an angry mood. How do you think it's going to react to the next person I come to? Do you think I'm going to be cheery and happy and go, hey, Merry Christmas? No, I'm going to be, leave me alone too. I don't want to deal with you because if my, the person that is closest to me makes me angry, how much more are you going to make me angry? And I don't know if I really even like you at all. <laughs> you know, and see, those are the things that you have to look at. You have to start looking going, that one act of bitterness, that one act of anger can move on to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, and all of a sudden you have You've turned, and, and, and then, anybody ever dealt with somebody who's been really angry for no reason? They just come at you, like, out of the sideways? You're like, like, what was that about? What does it do to you? It makes it to where you treat the next person a little differently. And that's just how it goes. It just kind of cycles that way and goes on and on and on. Now, I will tell you, it does take a little more effort dealing with some people, right? It, it does. It does. And I am convinced that one of, the, one of our spiritual enemy's greatest tools is to destroy relationships. I want you to know that. And it's to poison people's hearts. If, I, if, 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 the, if, the, if our enemy can destroy our relationships and poison our hearts, imagine what happens everywhere else. I mean, just imagine this. If, if one, if that's what happens. So, so just think about it this way. In the United States... We're kind of known for being the world's police, right? We, we have lots of relationships, lots of different places. We do all kinds of different things. And so if, if all of a sudden our relationship is destroyed with all these different countries, does it make it easier to attack us? Right? It makes it easier to attack us. And that's, it makes it easier if, if, if it's one and all of a sudden we're against everybody else. Guess what happens? They come after us. It, it just, it's one of those things. Now, I, I mean, and so... And then think about this, is that if we have this poison in our hearts, we can have this, this just pure anger and this negativity and all of this in our hearts, what do you think happens? Then it becomes our 
responsibility to go out and do something. It, it becomes, because then people are, if we're angry, if we go out and we're the ones causing wars and we're the ones causing destruction, then all of a sudden it, just, uh, it destroys things. So, understand this. God wants you to love, right? God wants you to love. The enemy wants to kill love. Think about it that way. God wants you to love. The enemy wants to kill love. Think about this. God wants you to grow in intimacy. He wants you to have intimate, deeper relationships. The enemy wants to destroy intimacy. That's what happens. In your small groups, in anything that you have going on, your small group becomes a safe, intimate place. If all of a sudden that starts being destroyed, what do you think happens? You, don't, you stop growing. Everything starts, it just becomes to an end. The next thing is, God wants you to trust. How hard is it to trust when you're angry? How hard is it to trust when you have bitterness towards people? How hard is it to trust at those points? It's, it's impossible to do this. And see, the enemy wants to steal that. The enemy wants to steal trust and leave you bitter. That's what ends up happening here. See, the enemy wants to plant a seed of offense and create this root of bitterness. Now, sometimes it's small, right? Really, really small. You didn't follow me on Instagram. I'm not happy with you, right? I, you, did, you just didn't do it, you know, or you might follow me on Instagram, which you don't like, you don't comment, you don't share it. You, you're really causing me a whole bunch of issues here. I'm really trying to do something in this. I'm trying to become an influencer and I can't even influence my friends. What's going on here? <laughs> so, right, that's a small thing, right? You know, so, but it gets a little bigger when you send a text message to somebody, you see the three dots pop up and they're like, oh, you see it. And then all of a sudden it just stops, right? Because then, hey, wait a minute, that's a little greater offense than the Instagram thing. There's a little more here, right? It just kind of, and it starts to grow a little more and a little more. I saw the bubbles, and then you just ignored me. I don't understand. And, and so you just start seeing these things. And then, and then, or how about the next one, that Christmas meal? You, you know, I bring my Tupperware over. You never give me back my Tupperware. My Tupperware is expensive. I use real Tupperware, not that glad stuff that you've been bringing over all these years. Right? It gets a little more and a little more and a little more, you know, and it's, or you never bring a meal. You never, you're the one that we have a, we do, a, <laughs> you know, we, we do a, a buffet type of thing. We have everybody bring a dish over and you are the one that never brings a dish. It's like, come on, what's going on? I mean, it just kind of gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Right now, how about, how about when somebody lies to you? How about when somebody tries to deceive you, when somebody talks bad about you, right? We can just keep escalating these situations. What about when your relatives are always critical of you? What about, you know, they're critical about your parenting. They're critical about how you spend money. They're critical about everything. They're critical about your faith, about you going to church, what you're doing here. What are these things? All of those things, which all of us experience in here, are causing us to build more and more and more bitterness. That's what happens. Each one of those things happens. And somebody takes advantage of you, a little more bitterness. Somebody misleads you, a little more bitterness. Somebody betrays you, a little more bitterness. It just keeps coming and going. And so what happens is that for us, it starts to build and it becomes a snowball. And anybody ever notices how a snowball works? You take a snowball and throw it down a hill, you know what ends up happening? It picks up more snow. And as it picks up more snow, the ball gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, I understand that in California, that's a difficult analogy because we barely get rain. Now, all of a sudden... It rains a lot here today, and people are like, what do I do? How do I get through life? I can't go outside. I might melt like a witch. I have no idea what's going to happen here. You know, but that's what happens. You know, in our lives, we don't, you know, so when I say it's snow, you start to see snow rolling down. 
you, you, you're, it's almost impossible to manage, imagine here. But that's what happens. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And in our lives, this is what's happening with bitterness and anger and all these things. It started to take root, and then it started to roll and roll and roll. And all of a sudden, this ball of bitterness is bigger than you are. It's, it's overtaking you. There, it's so much that's happening to you. And it's just, you, and you're just like, what am I supposed to do? This, this, this small seed, this small root has now become this massive thing that you're just going, what am I supposed to do? How do I get through this? How do I move forward? See, what I want you to know, and this is kind of going to be a key point to this, you cannot control what people do. You cannot control what people do. But you can control how you respond. You cannot control what people do, but you can control how you respond. So, very, very simplest, simplistic, right? It's very, very simplistic. You can control how you respond no matter what people do. Somebody, Jesus tells you, somebody slaps you in the face, what are you supposed to do? Give them the other cheek. Now, does that make it easy? Is that an easy thing? To, no. But you control that response. It's not something else that somebody did, right? Somebody slaps you. They've already made the act. Your response is what's next. That, that's what comes to it. What, how do you respond? Do you respond with a balled up fist? You slap me, I punch you? Or do you respond with, here, come get this side too. Make it at least match. I need both cheeks to be rosy today. You know, it's Christmas time. Let's do this. You know, it, but how is it? That, how do you respond? And it's your choice. When somebody says something bad about you, you, they can say, oh, you're a terrible person. I love you anyway, man. Do you know how hard it is to call somebody terrible when they say, I love you? I love you. You're, you're okay, I guess. You know, it's like, but that's ends up, what ends up happening, right? It's so hard to go into that exact opposite. How do you respond in situations? How do you respond to stuff? How do you get through things? How do you, how do you, how do you deal with this? Think about it. Think about how do you respond to some of this. I want you to know that over the next couple of weeks, you're going to get an opportunity to, to it's going to be a God-given opportunity to share his love. You're going to get that opportunity. It's going to happen. And it's going to be with some of the most important people in your life. And also, you're going to get that opportunity to share his love with other people that as you just come into contact with them, as you're walking through the mall, as you're doing these things. And it's going to be a God-ordained opportunity. What are you going to do with it? How is it going to be? And if you have this root of bitterness, and if you have this anger that you've turned into this big snowball, how does, it, how does those interactions come off? How, there's no way that you can come up to somebody and go, you suck, come to church with me. I mean, if you can and they show up, it's because they're here to beat you up is what's happening. And they want all of your friends to see it happen at the same time. That's what's going on. And so you have to... How is it that you're responding? What is it that you're doing? What is it? And just remember, you can't control what people do. So if you invite them, if they don't show up, you can't control that. But you can control how you continue to love and how you respond and how you do things. Here's the thing. There's two problems with bitterness. And we're going to start with the first one. The problem with bitterness is bitterness has a dangerous root. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Hebrews 12, 15 again. See to it that no bitter root grows it grows up to cause trouble. What do we know about the root of bitterness? The root grows underground, right? Very rare that you see it until it's, all, it's, already, it's already started to take place. It's already started to get nutrients. It's already started to be fed. It's got, 
It's got water. It's got soil. It's got all of those things. And so what happens? Then it starts poking its head up. I'm ready for the world. That's how every plant is. Every plant starts that way. And all of a sudden, anybody go out there and they ever seen a redwood? Anybody ever seen a redwood tree? Guess what? It started as a seedling as well, right? It started underground, started as a seedling, and then all of a sudden, the root grew and grew and grew. And so what we see, by the way, in case you didn't know this, what you see out of the ground, and say a redwood tree is 150 foot tall, right? The root is usually four times that mouth, right? It's usually four times it. So if you see 150 feet out of the, out of the ground, the root of it is generally 600 feet. 600 feet. That's the exact same way the root of bitterness works as in you. So if people see you as 400 foot tall of bitterness, well, you've got 1,200 feet of it inside of you. And just want you to think about that. Just that's how much it is. See, it, bitterness is an underground job. That's what it is. It's beneath the surface. And most people, nobody can see it growing until you trigger that bitterness. Right? No, most people don't see it. A disappointment happens, and all of a sudden, or an offense happens, and then you're just ready to lash out. Whatever it is, it, it's been growing. It's been just right there. It's been hanging out. And see, some of you, you may not even realize that you've done something that caused somebody to have this root start to grow within them. That you did it. You didn't even know, because it's just how we interacted. We, we stopped being holy. We stopped doing these things. And what ends up happening? I mean, think about this. So if you guys don't know, I don't talk about them very often. I have three brothers and a sister, right? And it's shocked to some of you guys. He's got siblings. I was not an only child. I wasn't, I, I, even though I act like it. I was spoiled like one. Uh, but I have uh, my older brother, my older sister. We haven't talked in years at this point. And it's not because of my action. It's because of their action. Because you know, I've called. I've tried to apologize for anything. I've tried to do any of those things. But the root of bitterness started right it just did to share a little story with you my brother uh, we were living in new jersey at the time and my brother came back to california for vacation and while he was here so at the time new jersey didn't require you to have a picture on your driver's license you just had your name no picture maybe you guys have seen these type of driver's licenses they're they're and maybe i'm dating myself as far as my age as well but I took his car out, and in his car, the registration and his driver's license, and I got pulled over on the New Jersey Turnpike coming back from the Jersey Shore doing 115 miles an hour, and I didn't give them my driver's license. I gave them my brother's driver's license. Well, nobody knew. I paid the fine, did all those things. And then one day, my brother went to renew his insurance, and they were like, what's this 115-mile-an-hour ticket on your driver's license? And he goes, I'd never had that. And I, he asked me, do you know anything about this? I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I knew everything about it, right? I was 16 years old. I was, I, I, what was I going to do? What was, how was I going to? By the way, I want you to understand something. The root of bitterness was full-blown grown at that point, right? It, it was there. I was 16. I want you to know something. I'm 44 now. We've had probably in that time period from then until now, we've had probably 44 conversations. 44 conversations because I made a decision when I was 16 until now, and he hasn't let it go. And every time we talk about it, he goes, you remember that day you stole my Jetta and got a, and got a ticket in it? I do remember that day. I still haven't forgiven you from it. I go, man, it's been 
30 years, man. It's time to let go of it. He does not have the car. I have to tell you, is that that's how things take place. And then what ends up happening is that my older sister and him were very close. They had an incident that happened that made them very, very close. And so when that incident happened, that relationship, so when my, when my relationship with him at 16 got tarnished, he, t- he turned it around and made it toxic with her, right? And he made it toxic. And so all of a sudden, that same incident made it to where not only I had one bad relationship, I ended up with two bad relationships because I didn't talk to my sister very it, it just became one of these things. I've talked to my sister even less than I've talked to him because she's like, I'm so mad at you because of this. No matter what I've done, no matter how much I've tried to seek forgiveness, when my mom was on her deathbed, literally my mom just goes, I just want to talk to my daughter before I die. She would not return calls because she thought I was calling to talk to her. I literally leave a message going, your mother is dying. She would like to talk to you. And even then when she called, she talked to my wife, not me. But, you know, you just start seeing this. You see how it transpires. You see how things go. It's like one of these things that, and I get it. It's a major incident. It is. It's one of those things that happened. But it's been 30 years. That's how much the root of bitterness can take hold and drive you and further and further and further and further. And then the second thing that happens, bitterness produces that poisonous fruit. Remember how I said I gave it to him? It happened to him. It made it to where he transferred it to somebody else. The, the, the fruit was passed from person to person. That's just what happened. So back to this 12.15, Hebrews 12.15. See that no bitter root grows up and causes trouble and defiles many. Right? Who knows how many other people were affected by it? Because I'm sure that if he told my sister, that he told everybody else that he came in contact with. I'm sure that while he was at work, he told everybody at work, can you believe what my little brother did? Can you believe how much of this, you know, what? You, I'm sure that he wasn't saying pleasant things about me, right? And he said this. And I'm sure, how many times do you think that he said that to the 400 employees that he worked with, to all these different things, to where if I was to ever walk in there, what do you think would happen? All of a sudden, I'm the enemy. I'm the terrible person. That's how it goes. We share one thing with somebody. Anybody ever notice? You go to a restaurant, you put a negative review. What happens? A lot of people don't go to that restaurant because of your negative review, right? And here's the bad part is most of us, we're not very good about putting positive reviews. We, we love to complain. We love to go, this was terrible. But very rarely do we go back on and go, this was great. The great thing lives within us. We very rarely share it with other people. It's just one of those things that happens. And see, <clears throat> a, bitter, a, a, a person who is bitter can destroy a life group. Did you know that? A person that is bitter can destroy a group of friends. It can destroy a group of people coming together, even to study the Bible. It can destroy things. A bitter person can make a workplace terrible. Have you ever worked with somebody who's just bitter about everything? Do you, how many times do you go, man, I got to go work with that person? How many times are we excited about that? Like, I got to go deal with this. Or a bitter, a bitter person can divide a family. You guys ever notice that too? You ever seen families that are at war with one another? Half is on one side and half is on the other side because of one individual in the middle? That happens. It does. Well, I'm taking this person's side, and you're taking, that per- you're taking this other person's side. It just, it's just how it rolls. It can divide a family. I'm, I know that some of you are probably going, I hope so-and-so is listening to this message. I hope they're catching this online. I hope that they're seeing this. But, you know, and so some of you, it might be you that needs to be here this. You know, they, they're going, they need this message. They really do. And before you 
you relax and think this message isn't for you and point the finger to other people, it's for these people in here. <sighs> Remember, bitterness is one of the hardest things to see in the mirror. I just want you to know, it's the hardest thing to see in the mirror because nobody wants to think of themselves as being bitter. Nobody wants to sit, nobody wants to sit there and see that, though. And, nobody, and, and when you're bitter, it's easy to justify how you feel. I feel this way because of this. I feel this way because of these things. I, I, you don't understand what happened to me. You don't understand. This is, this is how I'm entitled to feel this way. I'm entitled to this. I only got angry because of what they did. You know, and see, if, if we're not careful, some of us will, as we're celebrating the love of Christ and what God did for us, we'll be hating somebody in our hearts. That's what's going to happen. We're going to be God's grace, and we can't give it to those around us. We're just going, to, like, we're having a Christmas party, and, and we're angry at somebody on the other side of the room, or we're bitter towards somebody on the side of the room, or we're trying to have Christmas dinner, and you're mad at somebody else that's across the table from you, or you have animosity towards somebody across the table, or anything. And instead of taking this joyous experience, this time for joy, we take it and we turn it into a, an, an, an event to where we, we can have the snowball grow a little bigger, and a little bigger, and a little bigger. And at the end of it, now we're even more angry with them. We left. We go to the dinner party a little joyous and maybe a little apprehensive of who we're going to run into, and then all of a sudden we leave angry. We leave celebrating the birth of Christ going, ah, now I'm more mad than ever. And it's what happens. See, you, you look at this and go, there's that brown are at work again. You know, oh, the boss doesn't appreciate me. You know, or, or I'm sick and tired of being criticized. That, that's my favorite. I hear that one a lot. Or how about this? You just get mad at yourself. I'm so mad at myself. Why didn't I do this? Or why didn't I say that? Or why didn't I act this way? Or why didn't I do these things? Or I'm so tired of my friends taking me to, for granted. And then the one that comes on top of that, I'm so angry at God for this. And we get bitter at God. And it's just what ends up happening. How do we kill the root of bitterness? How do we kill it? What do we got to do? So Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Open up your Bible there. I, I think that we have to see this. So if you look at Ephesians 4, and you look at 31 through verses 32, and it says, because it, it's a commandment at this point from Paul. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. it it's not, it's, there's not an option here. It doesn't say save it for those that you think are the most special people in the world. It doesn't say, you know, save it for your spouse. It says get rid of all bitterness. And then here's the next thing, rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. So here's the thing, how much of us have hung on to all of these things? We can go, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I have rage, I, I, I'll brawl, I'll go out there and I'll brawl. I mean, well, let's do this, I mean, why not? How about slander? How about along with all kinds and every form of malice? How many of us have been, we've been holding on to this? Verse 32, the next thing, he's, this is a direct statement. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. How many of us are great at forgiving other people? Here's the thing. Jesus is literally on the cross. He's literally on the cross. He's hanging there in the midst of pain. I want you to know, they have already drove the nails into his hands, into his wrists, into his ankles. He's hanging there in pain, and he goes, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is what he's doing. 
Father, and he still says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We get slapped in the face. We go, it's time to go get some revenge. We have something that happens. Somebody says something about us. Let's get on Facebook and let's comment about them. Something happens on Instagram. Let's do this. You're not going through any real pain. You're not being crucified. You don't have any of these things happening, and yet you go completely opposite of what's been shown to us by Jesus. He's going through the most immense power, the pain that you can go through. Every breath is in pain. Every breath. And yet he still takes one in to say, Father, forgive them for no, they know not what they do. This is how he responds. And this is what we're called to do. So as Christians, we are called to follow Christ, right? So if you're a Christian that comes to church, doesn't matter. If you consider yourself a Christian, a Christ follower, and you're going, this is what I'm supposed to do. Every day as a Christ follower, you're supposed to become more and more like Jesus. Every day, more and more like Jesus. And so some of you are really far from Jesus. It's okay. Every day you're making strides to get a little closer. And it could be baby steps, right? And you might go back some, because we all do. But you're making baby steps every day, closer and closer and closer. To the point where you get to this point where you get to say, their father, forgive them for they know not what they do while you're in the midst of the pain. Are we growing closer to that? Are we growing closer to that each and every day? Because if not, what are we doing? How are we acting like followers of Jesus if we're not actually trying to get closer to him and trying to walk closer in his footsteps? He gave us three years of public ministry. And you see this. Three years, you get to see exactly how he interacted with people, what he did, when he got angry, how he interacted with people. That's our job to move in that direction. Each and every day, we're supposed to get closer and closer and closer to that. Whew. So, how do we do it? We kill bitterness with compassion. See, Paul was given direct teaching to the believers in Ephesus when he said that when he's given this, this commandment. Be, be kind and compassionate. Be kind and compassionate to one another. See, Paul thought a similar thing in Romans 4, or in 12.21 when he said, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's Romans 12.21. Do not be overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by slander. Do not be overcome by somebody's rage. Do not be overcome by somebody else's issue that makes it to where you respond with the same thing and you grow that same way. Do not be overcome by it, but overcome it with good. So you can't control what someone else does, but at the beginning of this I said you can control how you respond. You can't control what somebody else does, but you can control how you respond. So if somebody comes at you with anger, respond to them with good. Respond to them with joy. Somebody comes at you with rage, respond to them with happiness. Somebody comes at you with an with a you know with bitterness. With, somebody comes at you with whatever, continue to respond in love. See, this is the opportunity that we get to have every Christmas. We get to have this every day, but especially during this time, this could be a time instead of having broken relationships, we could have restored relationships. This could be a time where, as we, as we're, and now I'm not saying that restored relationships mean all of a sudden you get all the, all the benefits of having a restored relationship, right? It doesn't mean that you get to go, hey, you stole a whole bunch of stuff from me. I forgive you for that, but that doesn't mean I give you keys to my place again, right? I, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. But you can, re- you can restore the relationship. You can restore, you know, it's just what happens. So I want you to know something. John Maxwell has this teaching, and if you don't know who John Maxwell is, it doesn't matter. He's a leadership guru. He used to be part, he is a pastor. But if you, if you ever see this, he says, and, and this is what I default to, always see the best in somebody. 
I may not trust you, I may not give you everything, but I will always see the best in you, and I will always believe in the best in you. So if I do something for you, it's because I believe that you're going to take it and do something with it. But if you don't, I'm still going to believe that you're going to. All right, it's the same thing we do with our kids, right? Think about it. With our kids, the first time your kids steal a cookie from the cookie jar, you don't lop their hand off and go thief, right? Well, that's not how we respond. I mean, granted, be a lot of one-handed people. No thieves, but a lot of one-handed people at that point. But, but what do we do? We believe in the best, that we teach them. Hey, they'll stop stealing cookies. They'll start coming in and they'll start talking to us about it. They'll start doing these things. Believe in the best in them. You believe in the best in your children. You believe that they're going to go to college. You may know they're not going to go to college, but you believe that they're going to go to college. You're like, man, they're getting straight F's in ninth, in ninth grade. They're not going to college, but maybe they can go. Maybe they can. Maybe they could go to whatever. Maybe they could pay, you know, for to go to community college. I have no idea. Maybe community college is going to reject them too, but you still believe that they could get in there. That's just one of those things. So here's the thing. You want to know the best way to show compassion and the easiest way to show compassion? Pray for somebody who hurts you. Pray for them. Pray for them. In, in, verse, in Luke 6, 28, it says, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Pray for those who curse you. When somebody talks bad about you, pray for that person. When somebody mistreats you, pray for that person. You know, and it's not praying. Don't, don't have this prayer, right? Don't, don't be like, don't be like, God, I hope you take them tonight. No, 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 no. It, God, I hope they see the air in their ways. No, 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 don't do that either, right? You know, you have to pray. God, I hope that you will bless them, that you will show them significant change in their life. I hope that you will help them grow. I hope that you will do these things. God, be with them. You know, that, and that's what it comes down to. That you take that opportunity. See, your prayers for others may or may not change. May or may not change them. I want you to know this. Your prayers for others may or may not change them, but it will always change you. It'll always change you. Always. So the next thing. I'm running out of time. The next thing: kill bitterness with forgiveness. See. This is where it gets tense. Just want you to know. Because you're going to say, you don't have any idea what they did. You don't have any idea what they did to me. You don't have any idea what happened here. You don't know what happened here, Mike. You, you, you cannot ask me to forgive this person. And you're going to go, how do I forgive somebody that's unforgivable? Well, what am I going to do here? And see, Paul tells us in Ephesians 4. So he says, he says, get rid of all bitterness, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. How do you forgive? Just as Jesus forgave you. And how did he forgive you? We should be clear here. How did Jesus forgive you? He forgave you freely. It's not because of anything you did. You didn't seek for, you didn't come to him going, Jesus, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to meet with you here. I'm trying to do this. I just want to, he didn't do it. He didn't do it with reservation. Right? He did it freely. It didn't cost you anything. You didn't have to pay any money. You didn't have to do any of those. He, and he gave it great. So he didn't question. He's all, hey, I'm going to forgive all of these things, but this one. Right? This one thing I'm going to hang on to because I need to hang on to it for a little while longer. He didn't do any of that. He didn't come through and say, there's some conditions to this. Right? There's some condition to this. He didn't say that. He didn't say, uh, you know what? I'm not going to forgive you entirely. I got to hang on to a couple things. Got a few things, and he, and and he, and and really, so you just look at this. He gave, he did it freely, 
He did it unconditionally. He did it. <laughs> he, he, he did it absolutely. You just look at this and go, how are you supposed to forgive others? You're supposed to forgive them freely, absolutely, entirely, and unconditionally. That's what you're supposed to do. You can't, you can't hold on to anything. Ugh. So here's the thing. We go back to this. Don't let the root of bitterness grow up and hurt you and hurt others. I want to go back to this Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. All right, I just want to go back to this. I'm going to close this out. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. As far as is possible within you, you need to live at peace. That's where we need to be at. So here's the thing. A lot of us, we're not living in peace. I just want you to know that. A lot of us, we don't live in peace. See, somebody did something to you, you did something to somebody, something happened someplace along the line, and you're just not living in peace anymore. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a connection card or any piece of paper, something that you're not going to turn into us, so don't use a connection card. We want you to turn that in. So write, uh, you know, take, take one of those other pieces of paper out of the back of there, a serving card, a, a, a prayer, you know, the, not the prayer one, we want that one too. Uh, take out any of those cards. And write on there and go, I, I, I choose to forgive. Uh, and so I choose to forgive. And then the next line underneath that, as Christ forgave me. Because it's going to change how you're going to walk out of here today. And see, we have to walk out of here on a mission going, I choose to forgive because I've already been forgiven. I choose to give up my bitterness. I choose to give up my rage. I choose to give up my anger because I've already been forgiven for those things, for the things that I do. And so I choose to forgive other people for that. I choose to do these things. I'm going to make this choice because I made the choice to hang on to the bitterness. I made the choice to be angry. I made the choice to have rage. I made the choice to do these things. And now I'm going to make the choice to forgive. That's where we got to get to. And, and see, here's the thing is that writing it down makes it real. Because you can say it often. I choose to forgive and never actually forgive. But you can also make the statement and go, I'm going to write this down. I, I've shared the story about Joe Montana. Any football fans in here? I shared the story. When Joe Montana, before he, years and years and years before he ever got in the NFL, he wrote himself a note that says, I'm going to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to win the Super Bowl. And at the time, I think when he wrote it, he says, I'm going to win the championship or whatever it was, whatever the Super Bowl was before it was the Super Bowl. He was inspired by it. He grew up in Scanton, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right? And, and so as he's growing up, he took that statement and he posted it on his bedroom door. And so every time as he left his bedroom, he had this list of goals, and on the bottom of that was, I will win the Super Bowl. Every day as he walked out of his room, he saw that. And so in case you didn't know, Joe Montana went to the University of Notre Dame. Nobody thought he was any good. Nobody drafted him initially. He was not a first rounder. He was not like, you know, he wasn't any of those things. And yet somebody saw something in him. This coach called Bill Walsh saw something in him. And Bill Walsh has an interview with him. He says, I'm going to draft you. And he gets drafted and he comes in. It's a late round draft. And he comes in, and it, it, they have a conversation, and Bill Walsh goes, what are your goals? And he says, I will win a Super Bowl. And Bill Walsh said, then we're going to do it together. That's how the conversation went. And guess what? They went on to go win a few of them. 
In fact, they became the team of the 80s because Bill Walsh saw something in Joe Montana. Give me another example. How many of you guys know who Tom Brady is? Some people will call him the GOAT, right? That's what they would say. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But you know that the GOAT was drafted in the seventh round, the last pick, by another coach that saw something in him that nobody else saw. And yet here he is, the guy who wasn't a first-round pick, the guy who any of those things. And by the way, you should also know something. He's 40 years old. He's 40, playing in one of the toughest games in the world. I, I just want you to understand something. Somebody can see something in them, and somebody saw something in you. That's what it comes down to. Somebody saw greatness in you. Somebody saw this in you, and you need to kick these things that have been holding you back and needed to write down, I choose to forgive because God sees it in you that he forgave you. You've already been forgiven. So now you can go out and live in this mindset of forgiveness to others. You can go out and just be, a, you can be that bucket that overflows onto people with kindness and joy and happiness and love. You can be the one that when people see, they go, there is something different about them. You, you see, and that's what we're called to be. When you read the book of Acts, they were never called Christians. They never, well, wait a minute, let me rephrase that. They never called themselves Christians. They never once go out, hey, we're the Christians. Look at us over here. We're hiding over here on the mountains of Antioch because we're Christians. That's not what happened. They were, they were hiding because they were afraid of being called a Christian. They were afraid of being identified as a Christian. You guys ever notice that, the, you know where the fish comes from, right? Anybody have an idea? No, 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 no. See, here the fish comes from is what would happen. You'd encounter somebody on the road, and you would write the line, right? You would take your shoe, and you would write a shoe down. And if they were also a follower, if they were part of the way, they would do the other half of the line, and it became to look like a fish. That's how it worked. Now you can talk about it and not have that person come out and just... Be okay, because at this point, the Roman government, as well as all of the Sadducees, were if you come in contact with somebody who's a Christian, you have permission off them. That's how it went. So it was hard to share it, but guess what? They were still followers. They still did this. They still went out. They still lived amongst them. And, but people knew that there was something different about them. In the midst of being put to death, in the midst of seeing people beheaded, in the midst of seeing people crucified, in the midst of seeing all that happen, they still lived a life that was set apart to where people saw, they go, those are those Christians. They had lives that were generous. They had lives where people saw them and said, I want that. They had happiness. Nobody had a need. People continued to love. Their lives looked a little weird. That's what it was. And the problem is our lives look like everybody else's lives. We're on this pursuit of goods. We're on this pursuit of money. We're on this pursuit of things. This is what everybody else says that's out there right now. Not those that are watching online. You guys are great people. But everybody else that's out there. They're out pursuing these things. They're out looking, what's the best sales? What can we do here? How can we get this? Instead of going out there going, how do we live in such a lifestyle where people see joy, happiness, peace? How do I see this inside of me? Because I'm out trying to be different than what the rest of the world is. I'm not going out and living the same way that everybody else is doing. I'm not jumping off the bridge as everybody else is doing because I choose to be set apart. I choose to be holy. I choose to be different. My life needs to look different than everybody else's. Well, what are we doing? 
That's why we need to make this choice. You need to write it down. I choose to forgive. I choose to follow. And every day you need to be reminded of this. I choose to forgive the, the offenses against me, and I choose to follow Christ today. I choose. Anybody ever, if you've had an addiction, every day they'll tell you every day is a new day. When you get up in the morning, I won't drink today. I won't use drugs today. I won't do this. You have to make the conscious decision, I won't do it. Well, today you have to make the conscious decision, I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to forgive. I choose to love. That's what we have to do today. Every day you have to get up and go, I choose to get closer to Jesus. I choose to walk closer. I choose to follow his example more. What is it that you are choosing? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us this ability to choose. Thank you for giving us this heart to be able to live the life that you've asked us to live, to love, to have this, this capacity of joy, this capacity of love. And you've even given us this choice to where we respond. You gave us the choice of how we respond. No matter what somebody does to us, it's still our choice. How do we respond to them? How do we, can we respond with love or do we respond with anger? If somebody shows us anger, how do we respond? If somebody shows us bitterness or rage, we have the choice of how we respond. Father, help us respond in a way that glorifies you. Help us respond in a way where people say, I want that. I want that peace. I want that, that heart of joy. I want that whatever they have, I want that, which means they want more of you. Father, help us share you. Your scripture very clearly says that you are love, and so help us share love with everybody else out there. Unconditional love just to where it oozes off of us and we and we give it freely because you gave it freely to us father help us live in a in a in a mindset and with a and with a heart that shows that we have that we have experienced this forgiveness and that's the reason why we want to share it with other people father let us not forget what you've already forgiven us from the things that we've done the mistakes that we've made in our past the the things that have held us back from following you help us to cast that away and move forward with you while we can forgive others, move closer to others because we already know where we came from. Let's help walk with them. Let's help guide them to where they can have the same heart. They can have the same heart change and they can have the same newness that is promised in your word. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we all said, amen. Well, guys, um, you know, we, we, we have this pivot time that happens right here. Uh, and I want to ask you to do something for me. I want to ask you to grab that connection card out of the seat that I know that some of you wrote on anyway, even I said not to. So go ahead and grab that. Or grab, uh, and then I want you to grab your giving envelope that's in there. Uh, grab both of those. And uh, here's what I want you to do. Grab the connection card first. And write your name down. We're going to start with the, the simplistic thing. Write your name. And uh, you don't have to write anything else down but just your name. For everybody else in here, I think we have most of your contact information. If you're new here, uh, then write down your phone number and your address, email address. We want to send you a gift. But if not, and if you're following online, just go to edge.community forward slash connection. And uh, you can do the same thing. And so what I would ask you to do is I'd ask you to fill this out. And the reason why is because we want to be in prayer for you for this season. Right? So fill out that on the back side. What can we pray for you for? What can we be in prayer for you for? See, all of us have things that we need to be in prayer for. 
All of us do. There's not one of us in this room that we can go, everything is perfect. Because I want you to know, you'd be in heaven at that point. Right? That's just what I want you to know. So if you're going, my life is perfect, then you need to come tell me, how do I get into heaven and still be on this earth with you? But I don't think that's the case. Because that's not what scripture says. So if you open this up, and I want you just to take this and this, this time of going, I need prayer for this. I need prayer for this struggle. I, we have people at home right now that are, that one, they, 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 the flu, recovering from surgery. We have people that are going through all these different things. How do, are we not looking for prayer on this? Are we not looking for prayer in a way that we're going, hey, I don't want any pain. I'd like to be able to sickness. I'd like to have this going on. How do we be in prayer for our community? You know that uh, uh, Slano County's getting ready to go back into a mask mandate. Did you guys know that? Oh, wide eye there. Santa Clara County's already in that point. They're going to announce it this week. <laughs> COVID cases are higher now than they've ever been, by the way. In case you guys didn't know, most of you guys walking around, I got the flu. No, oh, you got COVID. <laughs> uh, it's more, so here's, the day, how, here's how they rate that it's more than 10 people per 100,000 in the hospital with life threatening COVID. That's what it is. So, Solano County has 455,000 people. That means that there's at least 45 people in the, in the hospital right now with COVID and it's in life-threatening condition. So that means that they, so that's what you're looking at. We forget about this. So we need to be in prayer for that. We need to be in prayer for this community. We need to be in prayer for this group of people that are outside of our doors that we say we want to love on. And we need to be in prayer for them for COVID. We need to be in prayer for these things that are happening about us. We need to be in prayer for people to stop spending money on their credit cards that they can't afford to so they're not paying for Christmas in December or in, in December of next year, right? Let's make sure that they're not paying for Christmas in July of next year. Let's just go, hey, well, let's spend what we can today, what we can afford to. Let's get the necessities, the things that, let's just look at the model that Jesus gave to us. We need to be in prayer. We need to be looking at this because here's the thing. We know one thing for fact. We know that prayer works. We know that it works. We're everything that we have going on. We know that prayer works. Now, it may not be answered the way that we want it answered, but we know that God hears our prayers. We know that he moves in that direction. And it may take him. And, and so sometimes you guys got to remember something. The answer to prayer is no. You just got to remember that. I can ask, God, give me a million dollars. No. You know, that's just how it is. God, give me five million dollars. No. God, give me a Lamborghini. No. God, give me peace. Yes. God, give me, give me joy. Yes. You, you know, you just got to look at those things. God, what I won't pray for is uh, patience, because God gives you lots of opportunity to be patient at that point. Yes, you can have it. Now, here's your opportunities. And that's just how it has to be, right? That's how it goes. Then the other thing that you have there is our giving envelope, right? Here's what I want you to do. If you're already one of those people that already gives online, things, I still want you to do this exercise. Just take it out and go, this is what I'm supposed to give. You're going to take this home unless you're giving with us today. But this is what you're supposed to give. What is it that you're supposed to give? You know, what does it look like? What is it? And, and so and then I want you to seek God in prayer for that. I want you to go, God, how do I get to this point? How do I, what addiction, what habit do I need to give up? What do I have to do in order to get to this point? Do I need to give up whatever it is? Um, I was going to play a video, but I'm not going to play a video uh, because it's the same video from last week. So can you jump ahead two slides? Jazz hands. I, I, did, I forgot to change it. Um, but we are going to play a video in the meantime. So this is an opportunity. So I remember I said this is going to be an opportunity for you to invite. And so this video is an invite video for Christmas Eve. While this plays, finish up your envelope, finish up anything you have going. 
and then uh, our worship team's going to lead us out. God bless you guys, and uh, thank you for being here today. Here you go. I didn't know if Mike was going to pray, so I'm going to. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, uh, God, for this season. Um, and sometimes this season can be really hard for some of us, God, but we find our peace and our joy in you. Um, and um, in that, Lord, we are just going to continue to declare that we trust you um, with our lives and with our finances. So, Lord, um, with this offering, I just ask, God, that you pour your blessings out over it. Uh, that you would just show us and remind us that you will care for us no matter what. You will give us exactly what we need when we need it. We just thank you, Lord, um, for this time um, and for this continued worship. And we pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we can go ahead and pass the buckets. We're going to start on the last song. When you are done, if you will stand with us and just join us.
pressured to actively participate. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. for being here today. I don't know if Pastor Mike talked about inviting for Christmas, reminding you that there is a Christmas Eve service, and we are doing Christmas on Christmas morning. In your pajamas. But in your PJs, please appropriate PJs. Aww. Like, yes, like in <laughs> clothing. Um, but it's a good opportunity to just get some new jammies if you can or not. Um, and come in your comfy clothes, even if it's just sweats, sweats and a sweatshirt. And That's okay. So come, spend Christmas morning with us. Um, invite some people, invite some friends, invite there your There are invite neighbors. cards out there. They're already bundled up. Yes. If you want to grab a few and hand that them out. Part. Perfect. So we can have a full service. You know, Jesus yes. would love to see all the faces in the full that service. That part. That part. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for being here. And don't forget, we're, we're on, on the edge together. together. <laughs> have a good week.